Greetings, and welcome to another life-changing episode of Grogan's Bullyproof and Kickin' Life. This is your host, Bullyproof expert, Ziggler certified life coach, and master martial artist, Rich Grogan. I want to tell you, bullying is real, and it negatively affects millions of people every single day. And oftentimes, the meanest, nastiest bully we'll ever face is the bully within, the bully named Fear. And that bully causes an endless amount of anxiety and depression. Now, I know this from personal experience, and that's why I've spent the last 30-plus years of my life empowering kids, parents, teens, and adults with hope and the confidence to believe in themselves to stand up to any bully they're facing, both real and in their mind. I'm so excited and so grateful you're joining me. Now, let's become bullyproof and live our best kick in life. Greetings and welcome to another life-changing episode of Grogan's Bullyproof and Kicking Life. Wow, 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 that intro gets me going, gets me going, gets me pumped. And speaking of getting pumped up, do we have another amazing show for you lined up today? And today is the the Monday show. We call it the weekly spotlight on a featured guest who's doing amazing things, not only in the martial arts community, but just pretty much in the community of the world as well, to, uh, to impact people in a positive way, to inspire them, to empower them, to believe in themselves, stand up to any bully they face both real and in their mind, right? That's the essence of Bullyproof, Grogan's Bullyproof. And then the kick in life, you know, that added little bump. When life, not if, but when life kicks her butt, the empowerment to get back up and fight another round. And as always, I promise I'm going to do everything I can to not only keep bringing you the best guest, but to keep doing the research, keep attending seminars, keep reading books and conferences and being a part of groups to help well, empower me to be my very, very best. Because something we talk about a lot if I'm not at my best, I can't serve at my best. If you're not at your best, you can't be the best parent, the parent, best uh, spouse, the best mentor, the best leader. So oftentimes, the person we need to take care of the most is the person we disrespect the most, and that's ourself. And our guest today, he's going to talk a lot about those things. Um, so because anytime you have any success in the world, in anything, regardless of what your world is, you have to put in the extra time. But that means you also have to put in the time of taking care of yourself. Our special guest today, a little bio here. And by the way, this episode, I almost forgot to tell you what episode it is. I, if I don't have my notes here, episode 249. And as I mentioned, it's a weekly spotlight special. Today's guest, he's been training martial arts for 39 years. He's blessed. That just goes to show what, what kind of heart this this young man has. 39 years of martial arts, he's still young, right? Absolutely. He's blessed to be on a journey that... Uh, led him to instructorship in Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Thai, and Filipino martial arts. And although his base style was Taekwondo, he's uh, promoted submission wrestling, as well as traveled throughout the world working with instructors in Muay Thai. And he currently serves as a director on the Kali, which is a bladed martial arts from the Philippines, and an ambassador for the indigenous, I can't say that, that's a tough word, cultural martial arts. Wow, wow, wow. And, and that, that's a humble list of everything he's done. And I'm honored to call him a friend and honored to have met and uh, associated with this gentleman for many, many years now. It's hard to believe, but the time slips on by. And who am I talking about? Master Ace Ramirez. Master Ace, how we doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. And wow, thank you so much for that that amazing introduction. I'm, I'm really honored to be here and uh, chatting with you, such an inspiring leader as yourself. And uh, most of all, just such a great friend. Well, I appreciate that, buddy. And uh, we uh, met at the Champions Way event. And, and uh, that's when I actually met Melody Schumann. And it's Melody Johnson now. But uh, her and then uh, uh, 
oh goodness gracious, Master Freed, and so many others that, uh, and I've shared this before, so the listeners heard it before, and I may have shared it with you, and, and maybe not, but I always kind of felt like I was on an island by myself with our, our martial arts federation that I was with for, oh goodness gracious, almost 26 years, and then I go to this event, and I'm meeting people like yourself and these other just uh, wonderful people that are doing so much, but the biggest thing that, that struck me was your openness and willingness to share what you're doing to empower others, to help others, to kind of uh, and not only help the martial arts industry grow, but help individuals grow. And and the martial arts style I was with was fantastic. It was um, a Chuck Norris grew up in the style. It was Tung Sudo, and then the really really good hard. Uh, aptical self-defense. The only bad thing was with the, the organization had a very limited mindset. And I say that with the utmost humility, but their thing was you don't share anything with anyone. It was almost like this secretive cult you're a part of. And I never liked that. I'm like, hey, if we're going to make society a better place, we've got to open up and share what we do. And then I go to the Champions Way event. And like I mentioned, to meet you and, and others, and you guys are openly sharing things. And my first inclination was, wait a minute, what, what, what's going on here? What, what are they trying to do here? Nobody is this nice in the martial arts community well the truth is everybody most everybody's that nice in the martial arts community i just was never exposed to that so there's a little background and uh the reason we connected so well and reason i'm so grateful for you is here, here are some guy off the street so to speak and you guys took me in as family and and that that meant the world to me and i've never forgot it i i actually remember that uh very very well and uh you know to the point of People sharing. I mean, I, 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 I don't think I was doing anything other than um, bringing myself to the energy of that room. So what happens is pe- people may not know this, but I'm a notoriously shy person. I am an introvert. However, when I'm around other people that make myself feel comfortable and we're talking about some subject matter, that means a lot to me. And it, it, that's the thing that will pull me out. And that will allow people, not just myself, but everybody else to be able to open, share and communicate, which is kind of an important thing. So going to these conferences in the beginning was very new for me. I was, you know, I'm from a, a town. Uh, my school is in a town which is about one, one and a half mile by one and a half mile. So I'm just this kid from this town going to an amazing an event with all these martial artists such as yourself. And I'm just saying, wow, look at those guys. They're, they're out there doing that. And I'm thinking I'm the new guy and I'm the, I'm the first timer. So, you know, it, it's been a blessing meeting you then connecting with you since then and learning how all of us have been able to make steps going forward and in this progression, um, helping other people. So it was awesome. Well, thank you very, very much. I would never would have guessed that. And, uh, uh, the introvert side, wow. It, 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 and folks listening at home, it, it doesn't matter, introvert, extrovert, whatever your vert is, <laughs> if you're around <laughs> the right type of people it's and, and talking about the right messages, it's going to bring you out. It's going to bring out your maybe your inner fears, but you're going to openly share. And that's something we talk about on the show all the time is uh, right now, obviously, in the country we live in or across the world, there's, there's a great divide simply because I believe uh, people are so uh, apprehensive about just openly communicating that message. You know, I'm an introvert, therefore I'm scared and I can't talk to anybody. Well, I'm an extrovert, so therefore I've got to try and reel myself in because I, I'm, I don't want to uh, turn people off. No, we need to be who we were born to be. We just need to be around the right group that's going to bring out our very, very best. Good stuff. So um, yeah. uh, that amazing list of accolades, is there anything I, I, I missed in that? And, um you know, please, I know it's always hard. I always hate it when I'm on a, a show or I go to give a presentation and somebody says, hey, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know that's <laughs> a, I, it's like, uh, you, so, you know, 
I tried to you, take you that away from you. So, <laughs> you know, when, when people say that, you know, I, I think we have to assume that we have to list different styles and things like that. At the end of the day, you know, I'm a student. If, if someone's asking me, have I done something before and done that before, you know, every single day I'm learning something new. Some of them have labels, some of them don't. I learn just as much from the students who have never trained before than some of the masters and grandmasters have been around the world and, uh, and work with so many other people. But that, I mean, generally, yes, that's, that's, that's my background. I've been, I've been at it for quite a long time and, and uh, always finding ways to have things make sense to me. And usually when I try and, uh, have something make sense to me. It, it helps me make sense to other people, <laughs> right? Breaking things down to its most basic core. So um, I'm in love with the martial arts. I've, I've been a fan of it for such a long time, and that's what compelled me um, to go into it. Um, as a matter of fact, do you mind if I share, you, share with you a story of how I got into Oh, my gosh. Arts? Please, okay please. That was uh, next on so, the list there, so you're, you're right I, there. <laughs> Thank you. So I grew up in something uh, that some people are not aware of. I was, I was a latchkey kid. So basically, you know, uh, my parents worked double and triple shifts and I was the kid that was at home. And then uh, I had an older sister, but we would be, you know, we would padlock the door, wait for mom and dad to come home. Not saying that was good or bad. That was just, that was the situation. And, you know, I just loved Kung Fu theater. I was watching it all the time. We didn't have money to send to a martial arts school, but um, my background is Filipino. And because my, my parents worked so much, my, my mom on the weekends would make huge batches of noodles called pancit. It was just basically this dish. So I had the great idea of watching too many Shaolin Kung Fu movies. And I took some of that freshly made noodles, <laughs> walked over to the martial arts school, knelt down by the front desk, found out who the master was and I lifted up this cauldron of noodles and said, will you please teach me? And I was offering that as payment. And (laughs) the instructor there put his hand on my shoulder and was just like, "Uh, we take cash here, kid, right? In a very broken English. But till this day, if you ask my parents and they say, do you remember what the tuition was? They're like, well, first of all, they weren't sure they wanted me to train when they found out because they called my parents. They're like, there's a kid here. Is he yours? <laughs> and they, they couldn't afford it. He didn't take it and goes, well, you know what? I'm going to earn my way in. So the way I actually started my martial arts was I was sweeping floors. I was cleaning trophies, uh, dusting off the trophies and, uh, you know, earning my keep the best way I could because that's what I wanted to do. And if there are things that you want to do, you'll be able to make it happen. And people who may not have understood your vision will wind up supporting you when they find out how much you dedicate yourself to that commitment. So, you know, I'm very thankful for that. And I carry that till this day that as an academy owner, when somebody says, you know, I don't know if I could train martial arts. I don't know if I could afford it right now. I always think back then I'll be like, it wasn't about what something cost. It was about the commitment that somebody put behind it and the possible support that anybody can give to us to add fuel to the fire, to, to have somebody achieve something. So I always kind of think back then, and you know, I was 10 years old and I didn't think about it back then. And some of those things are probably not even possible right now. You know, you, you don't want to have child labor or anything else like that, but it was really, I think they saw something back then where I, that was something I wanted to do and other people were able to make that happen. And I'm just so grateful that, that I didn't wind up waiting more and more years till the time was right. And I think for a lot of people, they search for, I don't know if the time is right. 
and sometimes you have to start when you're not ready is just when that passion kicks in and when you have that belief even when you don't have the belief but then you have that support system so i just want to share with share that story with you because um you know when you're asking me about my background you know we think about what we do now but we don't think about where we come from too often and that's really where i came from Oh, that is fantastic. And, and it ties in on so many levels of everything we talk about. Um, well, with the podcast, the video blogs and all the guests, uh, everybody's got their own unique story. But every story, well, has a background. Yeah, it's kind of a cop out there. But every, not only the background, <laughs> but what built that foundation and what you had to go through to get to where you are and your commitment, your determination. This is something I want to do. And I'm going to make it happen some way, somehow. And you did. And uh, the, the, that lesson alone, and the listeners hear it all the time, I am against the everybody gets a trophy. I'm against this entitled mindset just because I think I should get this. No, it's what you work for, what you earn, and what you put in to get that simply because that's going to build your foundation that you're going to land on. And if uh, too many things are given away that aren't earned, matter of fact, our sign outside, I just posted on Facebook and Instagram today, it says earned never given. And the whole part of that is we're going to do everything we can to, to help you be a part of the academy, but you've got to put in the work. You've got to earn it. And the biggest reason I believe for that one, so you can have a great story like Master Ace here, but second is the fact that if we don't empower our kids to learn and grow on their own, then who's going to do it? They're going to grow up to be adults that expect the world to be handed to them. And that's just not the way life is. And uh, I always Absolutely. feel that's future bullying. You know, you give a, a child and we, we evaluate on two things, uh, attitude and effort, the attitude to say, I'm going to do my very best. I'm going to believe in myself and I may not be good at this right now, but darn it, my attitude is going to push me. And that's the driving force. And the effort is just actually applying that attitude toward your physical workout, toward your physical ability to put forth that effort. And I have a little saying, I, you do your best. I promise you're going to become your best. And if you don't, you won't, but either way, you're the one that made the decision. And um, because of kind of that, um, our academy has not only grown, but I know we're empowering kids that are going to be future leaders. Exactly the same thing you're doing with your academy based on your foundation and everything that you went through to get what you wanted in order to, uh, to, to, to well, to be that shining light, but most importantly, be that example for, for others. Good stuff. Um, so we're, we're a few minutes in the show. I always like to get this knocked out within the first five or 10 minutes. Uh, is there anybody special you want to give a shout out to? Everybody loves hearing their, their, their name on the radio. And I know you've probably got a laundry list, but if there's a, a few, few people you just want to give a shout out to, uh, everybody enjoys, like I said, hearing their name on the radio. Well, first, you know, I, I, I would be remiss if I just didn't first give recognition to and all glory to God. I mean, he, he is, he is what keeps me uh, grounded, stable. He gives me all the instructions of what we do. And he basically allowed me to have um, the ability to express my time and talents to, you know, everybody that I get a chance to, to meet on a, on a regular basis. Um, my wife, who basically, <laughs> she, she, as God directs me, my, my wife reminds me that I'm guided. <laughs> so for my wife, Chris Ramirez, uh, you know, she, she gets, she gets the shout out, um, as my right hand person, uh, all the time. Uh, and you know, my teachers who I learn from every day, uh, Tawana Paulo Ladra, I, he, he's the head of the iCali organization, World Kali Association. And, um, you know, he was one of those guys, there, there was actually a time, a couple of years ago that I actually didn't think I was going to teach martial arts anymore. I thought I was just going to stop. It was a, you know, we all have our valleys at a particular point in time. 
And there was just a point where I didn't think I was ever going to teach a class ever again. And maybe to a particular extent, I was not going to even train martial arts again. Um, Because we've all been there. We go through life changes and we question things like that. And, um, you know, to Pastor Frank Bolella, who spoke to me one day uh, from our church, and he was just like, you know what? I think you are here to teach martial arts. And simply by his, his... reminder for that that's what made me open up an academy technically from scratch again and with the leadership of Joan Apollo and 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 my wife uh was able to go forth and do some pretty amazing stuff over the last couple of years and um you know be where I am today and to aspire to do more and because of that every time I see a student and they tell me some of their dreams I'm just like wow some of these things would not be put in motion if I went you know right instead of left or however you want to look at those crossroads. So those are, you know, those are some, some simple shout outs that I want to give out um, to who really are influencing my path right now. And to every other instructor that I've ever met, just like in this, at the time that we've met and you're one of them. Cause every time I see you, man, you make, you make me smile every time I see you. And I'm like, man, look at all the things he's doing. I, I think I got to work harder. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank so, you. <laughs> so thank you so much for that. Oh, my gosh. Well, they got me sitting here with goosebumps. I appreciate that. Uh, well, the same thing, buddy. Uh, like I mentioned at the very beginning, uh, you, you, here I go to this event, and it was I've never been to anything like that before. And here I see all these people that have so much confidence. And uh, I've always – well, our confidence, I always can – I say it's a roller coaster ride, right? It's a fragile thing. It's up and down. And um, I, a lot of times, I grew up wanting to be a pro hockey player. And when I was uh, 17s, when I first had to swallow that bitter pill, it wasn't going to happen. And then 19s, when it really, this isn't going to happen. You know, hockey, that window closed. And anyway, I, I trained in martial arts since I was 10 years old, but I kind of put that on the back burner for a bit to be a pro hockey player. So when that ended, uh, I uh, 19 years old, that's when I said, you know what? I may not be a pro hockey player, but gosh darn it, I'm going to open up a martial arts academy now it took a lot of years to get to that point but the point was that's when the seed was kind of really officially planted and um, all the years of the federation were great learned a lot but i go to an event and i see you and melody and master freed and uh, all these just in in my mind oh my gosh these guys are really uh, making a difference in the world and uh, that uh, fact i had uh, brandon beliso he's been on the show several several times and it was the same thing when i first met him everybody was so open and so inviting and uh, my whole thing was, well, who the heck am I? What the heck is going on here? So you never know the impact you're going to have in somebody. And, and for you to say that <laughs> I, I, I make you feel good when you see me makes me feel extremely good because that's just that, uh, uh, what do they call that, uh, that serendipitous re- reciprocity back and right. forth, helping and feeding <laughs> off each other, man. That's good stuff, buddy. And and the fact that you started off by thanking God first, that, that the, the last, uh, oh goodness, four or five guests in a row, that's the very first person they've thanked first. I had Master Karen Eden on and um, uh, Paul Garcia and uh, David Alvarez, uh, uh, Brandon Beliso, that, that, that's just what they say. It, it's fantastic. So thank you for doing that. And uh, I I was baptized, and listeners know, in 2017, which was a great day. That that tub was awfully dirty when I got out of it, but it was good. <laughs> Left all that sin behind and, uh, and moved forward. But it's it, it's been good. It's been real, real good. Well, good Amen. stuff. So maybe uh, if you could... Our, our listeners and uh, we, we we have folks. I'm blessed uh, beyond words that uh, it's it's not only martial artists anymore that that listen. Um, it's it's uh, 
I, I say that we try our best to empower kids, parents, teens, and adults. So my whole goal with an empowerment is helping people be a better parent, be a better, you know, kid. So there's obviously we, this show's totally PG <laughs> to help the kids <laughs> and uh, the teens that uh, are struggling with whatever they're going through. But I think a lot of it is um, uh, what little nugget, what seed can we plant in their mind that's going to help them be a better parent, better spouse, better student, uh, better entrepreneur, better uh, uh, martial arts studio owner, or just better instructor, teacher, coach. So I know we've all experienced bullying in some capacity. I often talk about that we ourselves are our own worst bully by the things we allow into our mind, you know, that self-doubt, that limiting belief that I'm not good enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not tall enough. You know, these are a lot of things sure. I was told when I was when I was little. Richie, you're just not big enough. Richie, you're just small, too small. Richie, you're just not strong enough. And, you know, I couldn't control my height. I couldn't control my size. But I always knew I could control my attitude and effort. And that was the thing I knew I could always, and this was just me driving me, I would always outwork everybody. That was the thing I could, right. I could control. So yeah. that was what I was going to do. And that really has been a driving factor but the same with anything else if you don't control it it will get out of control and uh, I know a lot of times that's the way I bullied myself was I'd allow those things in my mind is there um, any uh, along the way you just mentioned one a little setback you didn't know if you're going to teach martial arts anymore but you had somebody so maybe share with the listeners how important it is to, to reach out to, to others, to let them know if you're struggling, if you're thinking about giving up on something you've done your whole life in order to, uh, um, to, to maybe get the advice that you need. You know, that's, that, that's a great point. There are so many things to unpack in that. And I think, you know, the, the importance of your self-talk is so important because if you're going to wake up in the morning and, and say what you're lacking and, and, and all of the things that other people might have said about you and then you internalize that and then you wind up, you know, making that lie your truth. That's, that's a very challenging thing. I mean, one of the things that I always think about is there, there's a principle that we have, which is learn to teach, teach to learn. And it's one of those things that I, you know, I work with instructors, um, not only do I have students, but I work with a lot of instructors and a lot of people ask me things like, at what point am I able to, because now they're doubting themselves. They're like, Oh, when can I teach this? When can I teach? I go, you know, how do you get good at sparring? You might have, you have to spar to get good, but you're, you gotta be really messy. You gotta be really ugly to get good. And when you learn the, the principle of learn to teach is before I can go to somebody else and do something, I might have to be my first student myself. I have to show myself something and then I have to take that and I have to trust what I'm saying to myself. It's kind of weird. Whenever we do a move, uh, we don't just do the movement. We have to say it out loud. And I tell the kids, I go, you know what? When you say it out loud, you're actually telling your brain what to do. And then when your brain hears what you do, it's going to tell your body what to do. So there's kind of like this, this process, right? It's just a formula to, to make them go do that. And this, this learn to teach, teach to learn is kind of like, you know what, before I can share with others, I have to talk to myself because sometimes we have a lot of solutions if we say things out loud. We just internalize it. We don't say it. We get really depressed. And a lot of times, you know, from a counseling standpoint, sometimes we have to just listen and not say anything. And when somebody says something that's, that's really eating at them, whether it's, you know, something's bullying, and then you, you say back to them, so how does that make you feel? You, you say back to them, you know, um, do you believe that? What do you think about that? We come up with our own answers. We just don't get a chance to say it out loud. So for a lot of the challenges that we have, we, we have to really just say it out loud because we don't actually know what to solve if we don't know what the actual problem is. So sometimes we have to voice that out. And then at that point, we're, we're going to say it to ourselves and then we have to obey ourselves. We have, we have to be disciplined. I always tell people, um, 
there's discipline and self-discipline. Discipline is, for example, someone telling you what to do and you have to do it right away. So if mom says make your bed, it's not discipline if you make it tomorrow. You have to <laughs> take what they said and then you have to do it right away. Well, if that's discipline, self-discipline is not needing somebody else to tell you what to do. You're going to tell yourself what to do and you're going to do it right away. So sometimes that's the first thing that we have to do when we have any challenges, somebody is saying something negative to us or we're actually, you know, the only reason we say something negative about ourselves because somebody said it to us and we trust that person. We give that person way too much credit to be able to say, yeah, they're right. I, I am nothing. And then all of a sudden I'm saying it to myself. So then if we're going to wind up saying something to ourselves and we just can't do it, we don't believe it. That's when we have to reach out to someone that we do trust somebody who actually can speak to us and breathe some life back into us, just like it was for me to be able to say, you know what, I have a certain amount of, and that's why I talked about time and talent. I've put in a lot of time. Some people will say, I'm still working on my talent, but I have some, what am I going to do with it? Well, I might need to share that with somebody else. But the learn to teach, teach to learn aspect is find something that you are good at, share it with that one person, See how that affects that one person. And all of a sudden you're going to say, you know what? I can do this. And I'm going to want to be able to share it with even more people. And that's the whole pay it forward at that point, right? Yep. Um, you know, I, I always see people have their, you know, they start as kids, right? Martial arts predominantly has a lot of kids in it. But then they stop, right? We all have those instructors that are like, man, I had this great student and they stopped because they went to college. But you know what never happens in college? That great student doesn't start a martial arts club at college, they kind of just stopped because they didn't have their instructor there, which is what you, you preach in, to have a kick in life is to, to empower leadership with some people. So if our job is to create students, well, those students will be great students as long as there's someone to give them the discipline for it. But as long as we teach them what self-discipline is, we teach them the leadership skills, the time that they separate from their original martial arts instructor, they've now been empowered to say, you know what? He taught me something because he planted a seed in my town. Now I'm in college, I gotta start planting seeds in wherever college I happen to be in or wherever I moved to, because that's what he did. And if that's what, that's what it is to create that, you know, that link and that chain to keep going forward and forward, I don't wanna be the weak link, I wanna be that strong link to keep that going forward to future generations. And that started out when we were all white belts when we thought that we absolutely knew nothing. So it always starts out that small, you know, that small seed and then it nurtures out and we really, really need to be able to go out there and have somebody support us and trust us so that we can be able to help that new white belt. And that white belt is, doesn't have to mean it's a martial artist. It's anybody else that whatever experience that I had, good or bad, usually it's something pretty bad that we came out of it and now we can share, we can show someone how to get out of it from there. And all of a sudden, man, does that make me a teacher at that point? Does that make me, you know, some sort of, and I'm not saying that, you know, that's a title that we aspire to, but life taught us something. And if we learn something, then we can be able to teach that. So there, so now we go through that cycle of learn to teach, teach to learn. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but in my head, it makes a lot of sense. And that's one of the reasons I do what I do. Oh my gosh. There, there you go, folks. Uh, many, many gold nuggets of wisdom. And as, as I remind our, our listeners all the time, yeah, it's good to listen to something once, but when you found something valuable, rewind that, listen to it again, share it with somebody else, and you're going to hear even more. 
Holy cow. Great, great stuff. Uh, So many things that, you know, I've never really thought of it in the way you present it, the discipline versus self-discipline. Discipline Discipline is doing what you're told. Self-discipline is doing things without being told. I mean, goodness gracious, that is fantastic. Fantastic. Um, I made a couple notes while you were talking there. And the, the first part is, you know, the Bible says never curse a deaf man. And not that a deaf man can hear you, but you hear the words coming out of your own mouth. And most of the time, we're cursing ourselves with what we've heard from somebody else. You know, we oftentimes put too much faith in what other people think, but not enough faith in what we know about ourselves. And that's the uh, the, the unfortunate part about self-bullying. But man, oh man, yes, teach to, uh, that is uh, unbelievable. Now, I'm hopeful those are the things you, you, you talk about more than just on the show with me, because my gosh, the world and society needs that. <laughs> that sounds pretty, pretty, pretty like you've done it, said it once or twice before. Yes. Yes. And and that's something that I had to learn too. You know, this is not something that you can memorize. You find out some of these things. And and as you point out, um, a lot of the the, the whole point of the bullying is there's that fear that, you know, I believe there's a book out there that 365 times they said, you know, do not be afraid. Yep. So if I put stock into what, you know, he says, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. They're telling me, that I could stand up to anything and I have no reason to be afraid because I have an amazing and wonderful ally who comforts me. And that's, if I do that, that can make me feel even for a short amount of time, powerful. And that's why I share with you till this day, I'm a very shy introverted person, but you know what? It is a fight. Everybody has their own fight. Mm-hmm. So if I have to step on the mat and there's X amount of people in front of me, or even if there's a conference and there's a bunch of masters and grandmasters in front of me, that's my fear. But you know what? I believe for a certain amount of time, I can put that aside and for a short amount of time, you know, develop that kind of courage to do what I wanted to do because that's the greater good. If the greater good was for me to have a little bit of uh, fear, but to learn what courage is a little bit about just so I could share something, I can go through that and then when the class is over, I can decompress somewhere else and say, man, that was rough. But that was another day that I got through it. And then, you know, uh, do the best that I can that I could do that again. But because I did it today, it gives me a way more confidence that I could do it again. Oh, absolutely. And motivation compounds and builds on itself, right? You know, you get that, um, like pushing a car. When you first go to do yeah. it, it's hard as heck. But once you get it going, doesn't necessarily mean right. it's any. It's, it's easy, but it's a heck of a lot easier than when you first right. start to push it from, you know, the law of inertia. Once an item's in motion, it. it tends to stay in motion. And the same thing with your yeah. confidence and your courage. You keep it going. What happens is, well, we, we usually we get those lulls. Uh, Zig Ziglar talks about it all the time, or did talk about it all the time. That uh, when we're thinking about ourselves and our own problems, that's usually driving us in a lull. But when we're focused on others and what we can do to help them, you know, we forget about our problems for the time being. And I know that uh, we've all had our bumps and bruises and aches and pains, especially those that, you know, been in martial arts a long time. Uh, and, and, you know, when we're by ourselves, we think about, oh, my knees, my back, my shoulders and whatever else starts filtering <laughs> in the mind. And of course, once your mind goes down negative town, then you're going <laughs> to every ache and pain you've ever had or every head you've ever had is going to come to the surface because we know how the mind works. The reticular activating system is going to search out for all the things that you have to have self-pity about. (laughs) But once we start, uh, we're on the mat and we know we're empowering these others and we can feel the energy going back and forth, our aches and pains go away. 
They go away. Why? Because we have shifted our focus into helping others instead of, well, forgive me, but I, I, another Ziegler one, he calls it uh, plum disease. Uh, plum disease is poor little old me. <laughs> when plum disease sets in, that's what we focus on. And the same thing as, as parents, you know, running kids everywhere. Oftentimes, uh, um, you, you don't realize how tired you are until you take a, a little bit of a breath, which I encourage parents to do more and more often. Uh, what's the old saying? If you say you don't have 10 minutes to meditate, then you probably better sit down for an hour because you need it more than anybody else. But right. And uh, anyway, fantastic. Uh, I, I want to jump back in to the uh, uh, so many great nuggets there. The uh, the discipline versus self-discipline again, because uh, mm-hmm. uh, all the years I've talked about well, discipline and self-discipline and this and that. I never, ever thought of it in, in that way. You know, discipline is pretty much doing what you're told. Self-discipline is doing things with, with, with without being told, knowing you need to do it, even if you don't have somebody there telling you to do it. And uh, I think that's a great st- uh, step. Yeah, we got to have discipline first. But then the next step yeah. is that self-discipline and that, you know, kind of starts off, like you said, as a white belt. Uh, I think in all arts, white belt pretty much means the same thing. It's it's beginner level. But uh, we, we like to talk about it's the fresh fallen snow that has covered up all the knowledge that is waiting to break through the ground. And it's uh, a humble beginning of, yeah, I. I'm new. I'm fresh. I'm, I'm I'm a blank canvas. I'm ready to be, you know, uh, transformed into something special. But that starts with that discipline first to show up to class and then that self-discipline to continue doing it without your instructor, you know, uh, uh, telling you every step of the way. But could you elaborate a little more on uh, some of the things you've shared before about the discipline versus self-discipline? Yes. And, you know, uh, in the martial arts and again, this is just more wordplay than anything else like that. But, you know, if I had to sit down with a parent and, and they bring in their child, that, that's really where that was born from. You know, when somebody comes in and goes, well, he doesn't really listen. And what happens is we become a little bit of a slave to be able to say, well, as long as I tell them what to do, he's very disciplined. I go, but you know, the issue is what happens when you're not around to tell him what to do? What are we actually creating? We're creating amazing students, but we're lacking leaders. And it's kind of like having siblings. If you have, you know, I have a family here and there's like, there's like eight, they have like eight kids, right? At what point does the eldest need responsibility to help out with those other kids? It's one thing for them to be a, you know, a really nice son and daughter, but at some point there's somebody's older brother and sister. So in a weird way, they're taking on parenting, uh, parental roles as well, which is no different than just being a leader. So if somebody is a white belt and they learn something and we'll keep it in the martial arts, you know, genre. And I say, I want you to move your hands and feet like this. Does that person need 15 years of moving their feet like that? before they can show it to someone else. And the difference is, if I say, I want you to learn how to do this because next week, when Johnny showed, you know, Johnny wasn't in this week, next week, I want you to show Johnny what to do, whatever I just showed you now. Now you've just accelerated the time from them saying, thank you so much for listening to what I say. I'm so proud of you from your discipline. Now, when I'm, when I'm running the other side of the class, I'm relying on you to help them. And at that point in time, now it clicks in that their self-discipline of I'm going to listen to them today so I can apply it tomorrow. So a lot of times we teach somebody something and they'll say, yeah, 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 I know it. I know it. But they know it as long as you're guiding them. So there's, there's these three steps, right? Number one, we, we learn it or we know something, but then we don't actually understand why we do it. 
And the reason we do that is just because we're mimicking. We're just doing what they tell me to do, but I have no idea why. Why does mom want me to clean my room? I don't know. I'm just going to clean my room. <laughs> but at some point it clicks over. And in that stage two, they have an understanding. They're like, oh, now I understand that. And then at some point they're going to learn to apply it. And now it becomes that drill. Let's call it a drill, a martial arts drill turns into a concept. So when they're just saying, I'm going to learn this drill, but that drill only applies if you create a perfect bubble for me. Then all of a sudden their martial arts drill doesn't, doesn't turn into a skill. But that person who converts that into a concept and can apply it to things that are off the mat, that person's very skilled. And they have the uh, adaptability to be able to transcend a physical movement into something that's emotional, something that's social. And therefore, that give and take drill, maybe it's a feeder and a receiver, if you know what I'm talking, right? Yeah. One person's punching and one person's taking it. That is no longer a physical drill. They're turning that skill into a social environment. And now that social environment could be verbal. That could be emotional. That could be whatever it turns out to be. And in that sense, you know, we have certain philosophies. They're just like, hey, listen, at one point, is it, when is it your turn? I have to turn that around. I have to be not offensive to someone, but I have to be offensive. So if that line of thinking makes a lot of sense, it's just like, I'm going to teach them well enough that they learn it. And that's the discipline side. And at some point convert it, that they understand why we even started. Why did this appear in the white belt curriculum? They're going to start to understand that. Maybe it's a building block. It's a, it's a major fundamental to do another skill and progress into something else. And at some point when they actually can apply it, now I can say, hey, Jimmy's coming in next week. I want you to show him because when Jimmy asks you questions, you could actually answer it without my help because you understand the concept now, as opposed to saying, well, I don't know. I'm just doing what he told me to tell you. Just don't ask me anything that goes outside of those lines. Then you know they're still stuck in that stage one of learning. Okay. So I don't know if that makes any sense to you. I always like saying that at the end. It's like, I don't know if that makes sense to you, but it makes sense to me. But then now you give them a formula you give them a template to now do whatever it is to be, a, you know, how do you, we teach them, we teach so that they can learn to be a great student because a great student will ask questions of their teacher. And all of a sudden you're anticipating it. And then you give them the assignment to go share that with somebody else so that other person can ask that person questions. So now their understanding just gets bigger on the actual subject matter. Oh, so open, so open on all fronts. And uh, I, I, I wrote down a little, another thing, but I think this whole point that you just mentioned, are we creating students? Are we creating great leaders? And, mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, and often I'm outspoken on areas that uh, anytime I think that a, a child or adult or somebody is being kind of manipulated or bullying, I'm very vocal about it. And sometimes it doesn't resonate across the, both lines, so to speak. But uh, I'm speaking from the heart and I feel like God put that message in there to be a fighter. So I feel one of the biggest uh, letdowns with our, our public school systems is the very thing you just said. Uh, unfortunately, I think we're teaching kids to memorize tests and not teaching them to be creative thinkers, not teaching them to be leaders. We're just teaching them, giving them the tools to pass the test so you can move on. Or that's not gonna, that's not gonna help create better leaders. Better leaders are exactly what you just said. You're, we're, we're giving them the tools, yes, but 
we want them to take the reins at some point in time to be able to continue to pass that along. Because as, as sad as it is, the reality of things, you know, Master Ace Ramirez is only here for a limited amount of time. You know, Rich Grogan's only here for a limited amount of time. It's what we do to empower the next generation or to empower others. And it doesn't necessarily have to be kids. It can be other adults. Therefore, we're collectively working together to spread that message as opposed to one or two of us doing it. But we have to have the humility in ourselves to know, hey, if that person, that was a big thing with the former federation I was with, is you couldn't share too much because if your students were better than you, holy cow, then they could take over. Well, my thought was, my gosh, if my students are better than me, that must have meant I did something right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, so, but exactly what you're saying there, create better, not better, but just great leaders where they're thinking on their own, they're doing on their own. They're not just robots being told what to do. Man, that is good stuff. Listeners at home, how you feeling there? Is that good? Yeah. Good, good stuff. So while we got a little pause here, um, maybe tell people, and I'm going to post it in the uh, the notes of the of the show when we when we listed it. This will air on Monday. Um, I don't have the date on that, but next Monday, whatever that is, and um, um, we'll, we'll list links to you so they know how to get a hold of you. But go ahead and tell them how to how to get a hold of you, what area you're in, and uh, you know what. Give a little shout out and a uh, uh, presentation of what your studio offers that uh, people in your area w- would be happy to come to. Sure. I am located in Bergen County, in uh, Norwood, New Jersey, northern New Jersey. I'm just a few miles away from uh, New York, actually. Uh, name of my school is Filipino Kali Academy. Uh, you can search us online. Uh, pretty simple. Uh, FKANewJersey.com. That's spelled out, N-E-W, Jersey.com. Um, and, you know, what I would love to do is when people reach out is, is exactly that. I want them to reach, comment. Uh, share some stories. I, 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 like I said, I'm a, stu- I'm a student, so I would love to be able to keep learning from other people, whatever it is they have to be able to offer. And if there's anything that, uh, you know, that I have here that I can offer as well. Uh, I have so many people when the pandemic hit, it's so amazing that, you know, I'm trying to teach a 5 p.m. Zoom class and people are waking up at two o'clock in the morning in India to take a class. Or, you know, people are logging in from all over the place. So even that gave me such a such a wealth of confidence to be able to say, you know what, I am in this little spot in this little town in New Jersey, but the ripple effect of who we can be able to, to work with and affect and to be able to learn from and also share our experiences with, it's so tremendous. It's, it's so humbling when it comes down to that. So um, I'm on all the social media, Instagram, Ace Ramirez. I don't think there's too many Ace Ramirez's that are out there. Um, uh, so go ahead, friend me on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, reach out to me. Uh, check me out on fkanewjersey.com. Um, but if I can be able to come to you, we're doing a lot of seminars. Please check out artofblade.com. Fantastic. Well, good stuff. So um, we've got uh, some questions here I always like to ask. And the first one's always the why. Why do you do what you do? Well, I think you pretty much explained in everything you said why you do what you do. But if you left anything out that maybe that uh, you feel would really resonate or empower somebody else to to rediscover their why, maybe they lost their why or maybe they didn't know uh, 10 years ago, I, I didn't know what a why was. Uh, maybe share with them why you do what you do and why your why is so important. Yeah, you know, I, I always think of that parable of, of the talents, and I talked about time and talent so much, and the reason I do that is I refer to it that, you know, we all have a choice of, of having it and burying it, or 
are we yep. investing it in a certain way where we can actually create multiples? So, you know, back in the day, I was a pretty, I was a pretty, pretty decent, you know, I can scrap, right. Yep. As a fighter, things like that. And, uh, I found that the, the feeling I would have of winning a fight, winning a match, winning a tournament pales in comparison if I was able to create champions, right? So me having a championship belt is one feeling. It's another to be able to say, man, I'm creating champions every single class, every single day, whether it was, whether it was someone who meddled or somebody who came out and was really, you know, came on top of all those obstacles. And when you talk about the bullying and you feel talk about having a much more fulfilling life, that's why I do what I do, because if it happened once, it can happen again. And, you know, uh, I love the fact that I'm a dad. I'm a, you know, I, 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 have a, I have a daughter, but to be able to teach children in general, to be able to say, oh, all of these are just like my kids. And to be able to put that passion, I'm going to share something with you that a lot of people here know, but people on the outside know. Man, every single kid's test, I kind of cry. Because <laughs> every time I give them a bell, I feel like it's like my own kid graduating to something. And I literally turn my back and I kind of have that little cry moment and my assistants are so awesome. They come out and they like, they block me a little bit and they kind of like, Hey parents, Hey this or that. But that's the truth. I kind of turn around like, man, this day would never have come unless I woke up that day. I did this. I overcame that, you know, you know, had to pay rent, had to do this. And it's like, wow, that was so worth it to be able to do those things. And, you know, in the martial arts to be also have blessed to have all these adults come out as well. And for them to be my peers, I don't consider myself to be higher than them or anything else like that. Um, you know, they're my peers and they, they share their life with me and they, they share their stories and they spend so much time at the Academy. It's, it's, it, what else would I want to do? You know, sometimes you have to ask yourself that, right? Mm-hmm. What would I really would want it? And let's, it could have nothing to do with the money. Cause if whatever you do, you do it well, you put forth, and things will happen. And, and that is all the wealth in the world that can really be out there. So that's why I do what I do, because I can't imagine anything else that I would want to do at any age of my life. Um, and I, I'm one of those guys that'll be like, wow, you know, when will you retire? I'm like, what is that? Yeah. I don't understand what that means. You retire helping people, sharing with people, um, learning from people. I, why would I want to do that? So I, that's, that's my easy answer. And people, if there are people that are struggling with that, then, you know, go talk to someone and find out what is it that you want to do. And you, you'll never struggle with waking up in the morning after that. So, Golly, fantastic. And, and I'm 1000% our belt promotion ceremonies, which uh, changed so much over the years. It, it's one of those we have our, um, oh, white belt through green belt at one and then after that we have the green belts and higher and we break a board during the belt promotion ceremony and we have the kids test uh but it's totally different because now they test four times and earn stripes in order to uh, earn the right to be at that belt promotion ceremony. So the belt promotion mm-hmm. ceremony, after they've tested four times and passed those four tests, it's more of a graduation ceremony. But they still go through and, you know, the breaking the board is all about that empowerment to overcome their fears and battle through their challenges and uh, push themselves in order to do it. And we get them all riled up and the parents are clapping and cheering. And after those, uh, the 
uh, it's usually about an hour, hour and a half for each belt promotion ceremony. At the end, I've got to sit in my office for at least about, I mean, an hour or so. It depends on the day and decompress simply because all that energy, all that excitement. And I can't, like you said, be out there crying in front of everybody. But I'm a bag of emotions as well because exactly what you said. Those are all students and kids that I feel good that, you know, they came in. They couldn't make eye contact with you. They're afraid to step on the mat. And now they're doing jump spinning back kicks and breaking boards. And and their parents like, oh my gosh! I mean, it's an emotional roller coaster, but it's a good thing. But uh, like you said, that, that, that's so good to hear you say that too. Because sometimes I feel like, am I the only one that feels this way? I know I can't be, but uh, <laughs> and you know, the the, uh, the the why do you do what you do? And then the follow up question to that was, what brings you the greatest joy? Well, you answered the question within the question with the why, right? Yeah, correct. Goodness gracious! Yeah. And, and kind of the last one, it uh, in. Yeah, this, uh, this is a little tough, but uh, I think it, uh, it resonates in your why and, and what brings you the greatest joy. But everybody's got a little different answer, and I'm definitely curious, and I know the listeners are as well. What do you want to be remembered for? When people think of a- Master Ace Ramirez, all the things you listed, but in your heart, what do you want to be remembered for? Wow, that's a great one. <laughs> And, and, and I almost um, and I started just asking this question a, a few uh, three or four weeks ago, and the reason <laughs> is because I had to think for who I wanted to be first. So I will uh, I'll lead you in with with what I got, and I'll keep it short. I know I got a talking problem. Sure. Uh, heck, when, when you're sandwiching between me and Melody Schumann, man, oh man, that's tough, isn't it? For <laughs> <laughs> Ace didn't get a word in. Um, I want to be remembered as as uh, somebody who is who inspired the uninspired. I was able to help somebody who didn't believe in themselves, who who, who, came, who was able to to rise up and be the person that God meant for them to be. That's who I want to be remembered for. I, I concur. You know, at the end of the day, I, I don't want to be known for a kick. I don't want to be known for the way I had help. At the end of the day, I just want to, I, I want, I want people to know that I, I do the things that I do, whatever that is, whether it's on the matter or off the matter, just simply because I care. You know, like I said, there's a book out there that we're supposed to follow. There, there is someone who was, you know, who came down from eternity to come down into humanity to be, to walk amongst us and to be able to lead. And it's like, you know what? If I can kind of role model that, and I I did some pretty cool stuff, that might lead somebody to follow that path too. And if that's what I'm remembering for, you know what? <clears throat> and I know you have, you know, you have uh, guests who maybe believers and things about it. So like, hey, you know what, at the end of the day, if I can lead them to a path where they can, you know, they can find a path to God and they could be able to live the life that was, um, you know, given to them and we trust in him. I think that's, that's a pretty darn amazing thing at the end of the day. I mean, I have, you know, the joys that I have, I, I think once a month so far in the last year, I've had somebody who I taught as a kid now bring their kid to me. Isn't that the greatest? That's, that's, pretty, that's <laughs> pretty darn cool. Where I would, I'd be like, wait, when did I last see you? Well, I was 14, but you taught me ever since I was nine. By the way, here's my five-year-old child. So to be in this, to be able to say generationally, I wasn't necessarily forgotten, right? It was just like they remembered me as a kid, and they remembered me when they have a kid. It affected them enough that they were going to say, I want them to have some of the similar experiences. And hopefully now I'm actually better than I was back then yep. at that point. That's, that's, 
an amazing amount of joy and to be remembered after that, that's, that's something that kind of like makes me feel like, okay, maybe I was supposed to keep doing this because it, it's still affecting some people later on. And that's how amazing is that? I can't ask for anything else. No, for that. no, you can't. And, and I know once again, uh, I'm blessed to have a wide array of audiences, members listening. It's not just a martial arts community. Uh, I, I, talk about the podcast everywhere I go, especially in today's world. I think everybody could use a little motivational boost, some inspiration and some uh, transparency, just people being vulnerable, talking about what we're trying to do to make, that's kind of my end all purpose there, make society a happier, healthier, and safer place to live. Because if people are happier and healthier, they're not going around shooting up schools. They're not getting in uh, fights on social media. They're doing what they can to help other people be happy and healthy because happy and healthy people do those things. And obviously that's going to make our society a better place for us to live. And most importantly, for our kids and future generations to grow up in. And as, as you pointed out, with better leaders, not just better followers, but gosh darn, better leaders. That, that, that's so powerful. So, so powerful. Well, um, any last minute little golden nuggets? I mean, goodness gracious, folks, you need to definitely share this uh, and listen to it again. And Zig Ziglar always talks about when you listen to things more than once, you're always going to hear more than what you heard the first time, simply because you're going to be at a different level of listening or understanding because you gained something from the first time that you listened to it. I always thought that was powerful because it's like uh, anytime you read a book more than once, it's like the author completely rewrote the book since the last time you read it. <laughs> well, it's because you're at a higher level of understanding. You've learned something in the, in the, the meantime that has helped you understand more. So anyway, last little nugget, golden takeaway, sir. Last, last little takeaway. Um, you know, there's a little there's a little hashtag that I use once once and again in the in social media. It's it's Aikali Mo. It's like my teacher Tona Palaladra had instilled that in me. And the translation for Aikali Mo is basically whatever it takes. You know, I saw a TED oh, talk yeah. recently, and it was it was talking about the uh, the genius of the poor, and um, you know, letting them know that like what as long as the community is strong, you can overcome so many different things. And in, in the Philippines, there's a term called bayanihan. It's about the community coming together to help uplift it when someone is having a hard time. So one example could be they would have huts in the Philippines and there would be an amazing flood and everything got destroyed and everybody comes in because these, these huts are not huge. They, they come in and literally lift it to higher ground. So the community gets together, literally lifts the dwelling over into a higher ground so that they can be able to continue to have their place to live until, you know, that storm is over. And at some point, you know, we're either in a storm, coming out of a storm, or about to go into a storm, right? Yep. And if we have, you know, that community, which includes us, we either need that community to help us or we need to be a part of the community to help somebody else. So when, when we have that, that's that whatever it takes. We can't allow those excuses to come in the way, but we know that our burdens are so heavy, but they may be too heavy just for us, but they're not too heavy for him and they're not too heavy for all of us, for, for the community to be able to get us through that. So, you know, just kind of, that, that's all I could think about. It's just like by ourselves, we are, we are an island. We're so so small but you know like the philippines has like seven thousand islands within that island right <laughs> yep and right it's not like one single island there are others out there so whenever somebody feels isolated i know it's so tough but you're not the only one and if you can be able to you know find a way to reach out to somebody else you'll be around amazing company and we will take 
our experiences, our time and our talents, and to be able to help each other out. And that's really all I could say at the very end. I, I'm pretty simple in the way that I think. But um, in, in the spirit of that Bayanihan, of the community coming together to uplift, man, the, the, there's really nothing that we can do unless we isolate and lock the doors and keep ourselves separate from everybody else. And we're just going to stay where we are. So adopt that mentality of Aikalimo and Bayanihan. And, you know, guys, God bless us, all of you. Oh, my gosh. Golly, thank you so, so very much. So much power, so much motivation, inspiration. And as I mentioned, folks, <laughs> I'm sitting here in the, at the recording studio. I got some serious, serious goosebumps. So, Master Ace, uh, um, I know when we spoke a little bit uh, off the air before we got on the air, you had mentioned that, uh, I don't know if you said this was your first podcast, but you haven't done too many of these things. How, how do you feel? You feel good? <laughs> I feel good. I'm going to go decompress later. <laughs> <laughs> Great answer. Well, I know our listeners feel good. My goodness, so much good content. All right, but before we let you go here, I always like to have our guests go through and say uh, what I've kind of uh, put together is our bullyproof and kicking life affirmations. So if you wouldn't mind, sir, just repeat after me. They're real simple. <laughs> I believe in myself. I believe in myself. I am a one and only original gift from God. I am the one and only original gift from God. I am awesome. I am awesome. I am bullyproof. I am bullyproof. And I'm living my best kick in life. And I'm living my best kick in life. All right. Master Ace, thank you so, so very, very much. I, I, I cannot thank you enough for your time, your wisdom, your knowledge. And it's, it's been too long with this pandemic thing, keeping uh, is, all of us is. apart. But uh, um, you've got my number. Reach out anytime. And uh, my goodness, I can't wait to see you in person again real, real soon. Absolutely. I miss you, brother. I love you, brother. Love you too, buddy. Thank you so very much. You have a blessed day. Pass on my love to your family. And uh, thank you again for being on the show. Thank you. I'm very humbled and honored. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. All right, folks. Well, wow. There's a wrap, right? Another amazing episode, another amazing guest. And as I mentioned, I'm going to continue doing everything I truly in my heart. I know how valuable time is. It's the most sacred commodity on the planet. And I respect your time. So I want to give you the absolute very best I can. Wowzers, wowzers, wowzers. Good, good, good stuff. All right. Well, that's it. You know, share this with someone else, listen to it again, and make sure you're doing what you can to defeat those bullies within by continuous listening to motivational empowerment messages by putting God first to be your very, very best. All right. I love you. God loves you. Please share that love with the world. And until we talk again, you get out there and do your best. And I promise you'll be your very best. You'll become bullyproof and you'll live your best kick in life. God bless you. God bless your loved ones. Can't wait to chat with you again real soon. Have a blessed day, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for listening to another life-changing episode of Grogan's Bullyproof and Kicking Life. This is your Bullyproof expert, Master Rich Grogan, reminding you to please share this podcast with your kids, family members, or anyone else who could benefit from this empowering message. And I kindly ask that please remember that five-star review, if we've earned it, to let others know that you're a part of the Grogan's Bullyproof and Kicking Life tribe. And until we talk again, remember, you do have the power to overcome your fears and battle through your challenges to stand up to any bully you're facing, both real and in your mind. So get out there and do what you do best, and I promise you'll be your very best, you'll become bullyproof, and you'll live your best kick in life. <laughs>